Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 89 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. So glad that you're here with me today. I'm recording on May 23rd, 2018. And today I have a delightful interview with my friend Amelia Zeeland. She reached out to me on Twitter. We became friends. Uh, connections, y'all. So fun. Uh, social media is wonderful. And she lives in Barcelona. And when I was there in March, uh, we got together for coffee and had a marvelous time. She is, I think she's exactly who I wish I had been at her age. Um, she's vibrant. She's funny. She's smart. And she's really, really dedicated to writing and to the craft and to getting it done. Um, you're going to love listening to her. She is a delight and a breath of fresh air. Uh, so look forward to that. In just a quick personal update, my thriller is done again after several more small revisions. My agent is on it. She is always right. And um, on Monday after, I guess Tuesday after Memorial Day weekend, it will be on submission. So keep your fingers crossed crossed. I have not been on submission in years uh, for traditional publishing, I realized. Not since we took out, um, holy cow, was it Pack Up the Moon? That was probably the last time I was on submission because since then, all of my upmarket women's fiction books uh, were sold to Penguin on really brief proposal. So didn't take it out anywhere else. Um, that's interesting. No wonder I'm nervous about this. It's been years. It's been at least four years, maybe four and a half. I, I can't do the math. Uh, so that is exciting. I love being on submission. Um, to me, it feels, <laughs> it feels very much like the feeling I get when I buy a lottery ticket, which is almost never. I like to buy lottery tickets when the lottery is at like 400 million or something like that. And then usually we will buy one or two. And I don't even remember to check the numbers most of the time. It's just the feeling of driving away from the drugstore with the tickets. And uh, Lala and I always play the game. Play the game. If we bought those tickets, we play the game. What would we do if we won? What would we do first? What would we do second? What would be the biggest thing that we would buy? What would be the biggest change? What would be the things we don't change? And it's just such a fun game. So when you're out on submission, um, most likely, if I sell a book at this point in my career as a mid-list author, I'll make, oh, I don't even want to say what I'll make because I literally have no idea. Let's call it between 10000 and 30000 Uh, but what if, what if, this is the lottery question that I ask myself when I'm driving around in my car, what if this is the one that goes to auction and that everybody wants and will fight to have, uh, and it's a silly dream, but it happens, I think, to every, every author. I think I have admitted on this show before that when my first book came out in 2010, um, I couldn't help but wonder if it would hit the New York Times bestseller list. And that must just say something about my naturally optimistic attitude. 
Because of course it didn't, it couldn't. And, but I wasn't disappointed. I was just, it's it's just fun to hope. I'm not disappointed when I don't win the lottery. I just enjoy the hoping of it. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to figure out what steps to take next. I am writing the third Ballard Brothers book. I am in the process of plotting that. Um, I'm balancing a bunch of other projects. And actually this morning I was concentrating on doing this brain dump basically onto a piece of paper. I use a bunch of applications to help me keep focus of what I'm doing. I really like OmniFocus although it's not a cheap program to buy the first time you buy it. But um, sometimes print on a computer, it all kind of blends together and nothing looks important. Whereas if I write it out in my notebook and I put stars on it and, you know, big arrows and lightning bolts for the things that really need, need to get done, it helps me see them better. So right now I'm kind of planning out the rest of the year. Um, I need to be looking at marketing plans, self-publishing plans, uh, teaching, um, Oh, some classes that I want to do online and offer. So as well as all the writing. So there's just a lot to juggle. So I've been doing that. I'm enjoying it. I'm in kind of a really great mood. So I've been running again, which feels surprisingly awesome. I'm just doing couch to 5k. I'm only in week three. And and for me, those weeks usually last a week and a half for two weeks because I don't run every other day. I run every other day or every two days, every three days. So it takes a little bit longer for me to get through. But I had forgotten how much I like using my body that way and how good yoga feels after you run. Oh my God, you're all like warmed up. I can, I'm just so much more bendy after running. It's so cool. It feels really good. I like being in my body. So that is cool. And otherwise, I'm just keeping on, keeping on doing the work. And I hope that you are too. I hope that no matter how busy you are, you are carving out 15, 20 minutes a day to write in some place, in some form. Um, Amelia talks about writing on her phone. I know you got your phone with you and I know you got 15 minutes somewhere in your day to do this. If it's on a commute, you can do voice to text, uh, things like that. So I encourage you to do that. Get a little writing done. Tell me about it when you do. And thank you so much for being here and for listening. It really means the world to me. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome my friend Amelia to the show. Hello, Amelia. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm so glad to see you. I haven't seen you since Barcelona when we met in person. Yes, that was so great. Thank you so much for agreeing to have a coffee with me. Oh. It was just a Twitter conversation we were having. And just when I heard that you're coming to Barcelona, I couldn't help myself. I had to invite you out for a coffee. And my life was greatly helped by that. Seriously, that you are just wonderful. And I want to give you a little introduction to people who might not know you yet. Amelia Zeeland is a young adult sci-fi writer and the author of the Star Academy series. The first is called The Unsound Theory. And the second one actually will be available tomorrow as this goes live. And it's called The Truth Hunters. Even though she holds an international business degree and two master's, 
and works full time. I know, like incredibly overtime. Uh, Zealand's heart is full of love for speculative fiction. Her own stories include coming of age tales, detailed worlds, unimaginable consequences, deep friendships, and romances that sneak up on you. Behind the Amelia Zealand pseudonym M, as her friends call her, speaks six languages, loves to try on, and sadly also buy dresses, and is a bit of a foodie. <laughs> so welcome. Hi, welcome. Are you so excited about your book being available tomorrow? I am so excited because, you know, second book, it just feels like a completely different milestone. Like that first book, you you feel like, okay, wow, you know, I made it. But when you make the second one, you're like, now I'm for real. Okay, now I know I can continue with this. I love that. That's really true because a lot of people do have the very serious second book blues. You know, that it's just so hard to write and so hard to believe in yourself. So putting it out means that you're getting over that hump already. Absolutely. It's great. And it's like, it's like a mark, you know, your series is two thirds done. If you do like three books like me, then it's just like the biggest part of the journey is done. And that just gets me so excited. So awesome. Well, tell us about your writing process, because you are in a you are in an awesome city you have tons of friends you're young like and you work a lot at an important job when do you get writing done and where and tell us all of that oh my god yeah so i think i'm going to be very different from most of your guests because i keep hearing on the podcast everybody's like write every day you know have your process like do this thing every day or that other thing every day and for me, the only thing that really has worked so far, it's just batch writing. You know, I just put it all together, um, maybe over the weekend, especially over long weekends when I have like three or four days off work. Mm-hmm. That's when I get a lot done. And I just take vacations like for the past. And this year is going to be the second year where I take almost all of my vacations out at the country house uh, in my, in my home, uh, in Bulgaria. And I just, I stay there and I'm just have my laptop and internet access and I have nothing on the agenda, but writing. Is your family at the country house too, or is it just you? Yeah, they're, they're there as well, but okay. you know, they're, they're, they, do they stay me, away from you? Away. Okay. Yeah. They, they come and interrupt once in a while, but then I'm like, okay, I have something here. <laughs> so when you're doing this batch writing, how, because this is, this is something that is foreign to me. Um, how long do you write at a time during the day? How long is your brain oh, good for? It really differs. So the, the thing that really helps me is just knowing that I have my version of all the time in the world. So I, I could never really have all the time in the world. But if I believe that I have these few days and there is nothing on the agenda but writing, and I know that's a luxury for a lot of people, but I, I really do have a few of these days, Mm -hmm. but I really need to keep them clear of anything else. And then it just, I don't know, it gets me going. Then I, it just, I don't know, the flow goes fast and I can do up to 8,000 more, more or less (gasps) words per day. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's on the week off that I have. And then, you know, it has to be like, has to be like a third of a novel because I wouldn't be able to, to, um, yeah, to get the time anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's more or less how it works. I do try to write a little bit on my commute to work uh, because I have a train ride. So if I can get a seat, I usually try to just um, focus a little bit. And I write on my phone because I somehow I find that just having a different device in your hands. Also, like switching things up a little bit. Mm. It makes me I don't know, like it gets me out of a 
uh, I don't know if, if you've been having a little bit of a block, like it's a nice way to break the habit. Um, so I do that sometimes as well, but it can only work for like less emotional scenes. I try oh, to do like sense. emotional scenes and it's just, it's all over the place. Like I need to rewrite it completely afterwards. <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't flow uh, very, you know, logically the entire thing. If I had to interrupt and, you know, change trains and things like that, it just doesn't work out that great. Now, are you thumb typing or are you voice typing? Probably not voice typing when you're on the phone. No, I mean, no. It, yeah, it's Spain. Everything's very loud in here. It would not be a great idea to to talk into it. But I do want to try dictation at the country house. Actually, this June, I'm going to try to try dictation and like hit a 10, 10K per day. But let's see. Um, did you see, did you happen to see my Twitter storm the other day of this new tip that I came up with? I didn't come up oh, with it. No, I, I, I heard it, it. I heard it at RWA and I, I wanted to mention it on the podcast because, um, it really worked for me. Um, I had been doing dragon dictation and I had bought a, a really cheap PC because the dragon on PC is better than the dragon on Mac. And then you can upload voice recordings on your phone and then later transcribe them. Um, which was just this, this pain of a method. But, um, somebody at this meeting that I went to said that you can, um, if you, if you record a voice recording on your phone and then upload it into Chrome, the Chrome browser in Google Documents has a voice listening thing, a, a voice activated thing. So if you, um, if you can, uh, this is this is long and rambly, but if you can upload <laughs> your great. upload your voice recording and then play it back while the Google Docs is open with the voice typing command working, then you can transcribe that way and it's free. You don't need Dragon, and I did it the other day and it it was great. Right. Okay. I will be definitely trying that out. I think that like the options are only going to be more and more in the future, right? I think so. so too. Yeah, we have to keep trying on that. But I think I'm I'm just going to try to get used to speaking rather than typing. And let's see how that goes in June. I'll keep you posted. Let me know how it goes because it does really feel, yeah. it feels different to me. And I wish it would feel the same, but it's it still feels different. No, so. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So let's see how that goes. But I think that it could be really nice if I have something um, very light to do in the same time, maybe just treadmill walking, like really, really slowly, just to kind of feel like I'm not just sitting there holding a recorder and being like, okay, come up with the next great sentence. And it better be like the same as if you would have just written it down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, tell, <laughs> tell me how that goes. Tell me how that goes for you. I will be yeah, very curious. See. Cool. I'll keep you posted. So what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Okay, my talent, and it's probably, again, very different from what you might have heard from I'm other so guests. I'm so glad. I, I just struggle so much with describing the setting. Mm. It's really difficult for me. And you know where it comes from. Like, I, I sat down one day and I was like, why am I just struggling with this so much? You know, like, I, I'm a writer. I, I should just be getting, you know, with all these words, just having them naturally. But... The problem is that I don't think I enjoy description, especially big description paragraphs in novels. I just glance over it. And I will admit, even when I was reading Harry Potter, when there was a description paragraph, I actually just glanced over it. I didn't even read it. So uh, it, it's it's something that I, I don't know. My mind just likes to make the picture and not read about the picture. And that's why it doesn't also like to write the picture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So that's that's definitely a challenge for me, but I think the way to do it, and I've, I've read a book, I, I have to give you a reference maybe if you want to put in the show notes later, but I read this book that actually quite helped me with that and where you kind of just break the setting details in small pieces and you insert them like here and there. So it's not like a big description paragraph, like the room looked like this and the lighting was like that. And, you know, it's just the light reflected in the character's hair or something you know and just like small details here and there that's like more fun and I could do that on an editing pass and just add like few things here and there and that's kind of the way that I'm trying to cheat on that that's kind of exactly what I do I've never heard it described like that but I'm also like that I hate a paragraph or half a paragraph of setting and I almost always skip it I remember particularly the Anne of Green Gables books did you ever read those Oh, yeah, 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 I did. I was so young, though. Yeah, Ellen Montgomery writes, the. she just loved writing setting, and you could have like a page or two pages of just description of the flowers, and I was just like, no, even though I loved those books, but I couldn't do it. So I think that's a really valuable method. I think that completely works. You know, a a two-page description of flowers, in my eyes, gets reduced to uh, the flowers were colorful. Exactly. There <laughs> were flowers. Like, yeah. <laughs> the colorful flowers did blah, blah, blah. <laughs> moved in the wind. Okay, done. Exactly. What is your biggest joy in writing? Uh, I really just like having written. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Amen. Honestly, I love that. Just the moment when you finish a particularly like emotionally draining scene or, or a fight scene that's not necessarily emotion. Well, apart from, let's say, fear and adrenaline and so on. But it's not as, let's say, a sad emotion. Um, but yeah, when you finish like a big scene that's been complex for you to write, I don't know. I just feel like high fives all around, you know? How do you celebrate that? Do you do you talk to somebody about it or do you just like kind of feel it in your gut? Uh, so you you know this about me, but I used to be a closeted writer until like pretty yes. recently. So I used to just be like, hey, well done, Amelia. That was it. You know, like a self pat on the back. But I, I do have my sister um, to kind of just quickly text about stuff like that. And um, she's been very supportive. She's my star. And, um, and yeah, now I'm just, I'm telling my flatmates that I live with also, um, whenever I, whenever I finish something. And, uh, now when I've, I have two books finished, so we've done dinners with my flatmates for each of the books, like for the second book, we're doing a dinner on the weekend just to kind of celebrate and, uh, yeah, go get some Italian food. I love that. That's wonderful. And I know that you had to like come out to them and that nobody knew that this was yeah. you. like you you were just somebody who didn't write they didn't know that at all I love that you kept that a secret <laughs> yeah it was like the creative side of me was just like super hidden so now it's really uh it's so Not freeing anymore. you know now yeah. on the podcast <laughs> can you share a quick craft tip of any sort that you enjoy um, a craft tip. So if it comes to um, storytelling, right, because I, I feel that I probably have more to share in terms of storytelling than just uh, writing. And I really just think the most important thing for me is once you get to know your characters really well, you have to kind of figure out the one thing that is their personal 
horror, you know, it's their personal nightmare. And you have to find a, a little way, maybe it's not the main point of the book, but in some small way, they'll have to get confronted with it. You know, you have to like throw that fear or worst nightmare in their face, you know, like in my book, in the first book, okay, I have the best friend of the main protagonist, right? She's mm-hmm. called Jen. And she's like the typical sweet girl. She's following all the rules. And, you know, but I never for one second wanted her to be like the character that's just there to make the main character seem like prettier and have somebody to talk to about boys. You know, that's not how I wanted her to be. So basically when all my characters start breaking rules, like it gets established that she's really uncomfortable breaking the rules and she's the only one that's really uncomfortable in the entire class. She's really uncomfortable breaking the rules. And then, okay, she goes along with the others when they are a group and they break the rule together. But at the very end, she has to not just break a rule, she has to break a law. And it's really important. And and only she can do it, nobody else. She's the one that has to do it. And it's just like, I put this type of choices not only to the main character, just also to the supporting cast. I because that's, that's what's going to... Yeah, it's going to make them interesting. It's, it gives them a soul. I love that because I'm so anxious and conscious about always bringing my main characters to the brink of facing that horror. Um, but I really don't, I really don't do it that much with my secondary characters. And I love that you do that. And, and I, and I talk about this a lot in our classes, in my classes that, that the reason a lot of us have so much of a hard time with doing this, even to our main characters, or especially to our main characters is that by and large, all the writers I know, yourself included, we're just nice people. Mm-hmm. And we love these characters that we build. Our brains actually can't tell the difference between the characters that we make and real people. We respond in our brains with the same kind of um, attention and reaction as the synapses connect and we think about them. So it's very, very hard to put them through this kind of trauma. And Yeah, it, it's true. But I have to say, it's really, I'm having so much fun with it. Maybe that makes me sound like a bad person. <laughs> But I just like putting them in this situation. And I'm like, what are you going to do now, <laughs> little pretty Jen? <laughs> I love that. Oh, I wish I could be more like that. I'm always like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but then I do oh, it maybe. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so long as you do it, you're fine, right? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. That is fantastic. So when you have self-doubt or dark days, how do you handle those days? Okay, so let's say, I mean, if we're talking about a really dark day, right? So I, like, let's say I've tried my usual stuff of just, um, uh, I don't know, procrastinating a tiny bit, you know, allowing myself to procrastinate a tiny bit and returning to it or like going to the gym or whatever. If I'm really, really blocked and I feel like there is no hope in this universe, (laughs) honestly, the easiest thing for me to do is just change project. And I know that's probably, I mean, for the focus out there that write one book a month and they really need to like power through it. That's probably sounds like a horrible advice that would just get you distracted and whatnot. But for me, it works so much because I I feel like my ideas need to germinate, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not, I'm really not ready to write that part of the story yet. Instead of sitting there looking at a blank page and getting more and more frustrated, I do the thing that I really love, which is coming up with the story for some project that is not completely developed yet. And I really indulge in that. And honestly, if if I let myself just do that, like have more freedom and just do that, 
most likely I will just realize that that idea is not as developed as the one I'm currently writing. And I'm going to be like, oh God, and I don't know what's the motivation of this character in this scene. It's not like in my other story where I know my main character and what she's mm. doing and why she's doing it. I'm like, okay, so why aren't you writing that story? <laughs> right, let's go back. You know. <laughs> so, But I need to have that detour in order to like really accept it, you know, because I can't, we talked about this, like I'm a rebel, I can't force myself to do anything. So I just need to have freedom, freedom in everything. And then the more freedom I have, the more I achieve and the more I actually get back on track. I We had a really in- interesting conversation about being a rebel. And I am, uh, when we talk about Gretchen Rubin's uh, four tendencies, um, you're a rebel. I'm, I'm an upholder. Yes. Right. So if I expect myself to do something, I do it. And even worse, if somebody else expects me to do it, I must do it. Then it becomes the law. I'm basically Jen in your book. Like I cannot break. Yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. let somebody down. But, um, but my wife, on the other hand, is the rebel. And I, and I just don't understand how you guys work. You know, <laughs> but we talked about it quite a bit, like, like setting yourself rules, yeah. saying that, you know, I must get a thousand words done before I go to work. If you set that rule, you'll immediately break it because you're a rule breaker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, I would feel boxed in and I will resist it. And, and, you know, I, I will just not be able to, to write that 1000 words and I'll hold it over my head. Like, oh, you're a failure because you didn't do this one thing. And it's really not what I want from my writing. You know, I, I, it's, it's kind of this self-expression bubble that I have and, and I want to keep being me in it. That's so good. And I'm so glad that you are on the show and that other people who might be rebels are hearing that too, that it's a completely valid way of being. And I do recommend the Gretchen Rubin book. Is it called The Four Tendencies? I think it is. I've only done the online test and I've listened to some of the TED Talk and other things that that she's done. I think she was also on the, um, oh, she was on a couple of podcasts that were really interesting. Yeah, she's got that. Maybe that's pretty much all you need from the book, honestly. Um, okay, so what? <laughs> speaking of books, what is the best book that you've read recently, and why did you love it? Oh, okay. So uh, the best book I've probably read, like it was earlier this year. I know I'm coming late to the party, but it was Ready Player One, that lit RPG. I still um, haven't read it. I thought I had, but I had it confused with a different book. What did you love about it? So for me, this is YA at its finest. I know it's defined as lit RPG and, and yeah, it's defining the, the genre and people love it for that. And yes, I, I think it's amazing. But for me, it was just everything that I love seeing in a YA book. It was in there, you know, like very relatable characters, like the everyday guy is the hero. He doesn't own any like he he's not special in in a sense that maybe like gifted or has magic or anything he just works really really hard and he has his priorities like his heart is in the right place mm. and that's all he has to fight the world you know mm. and it's it's amazing i don't know like the characters were so well drafted uh so vivid in my head like absolutely amazing and the other thing that i really had um really really loved is was the tiny tw- like the tiny hints about how their society is just through um, you know, the words that they were using, you know, the teen slang that they were using, you could see the futuristic vibe, you could see the struggle of their everyday lives. I don't know, it was perfect. And absolutely characters that had a lot of problems, you know, uh, they were not the perfect, pretty people, you know, they were obese, you know, having a bit of social anxiety, you know, they, they had so many things going on in their lives, and they still came to like came through. So I don't know, it's just beautiful. I want to read that now. 
I'm going to put it back just on my list. So I think it fell off my list for a while. Did you see the movie? I saw the movie, but those aspects, the ones that I loved the most that I just described to you, I didn't feel them as strongly in the movie, which is normally what happens, yeah. of course, you know, when you compare a book to a movie, so you probably never should. But yeah, I, I, I still enjoyed the movie, but the book was just, I don't know, it, it just made my heart flutter. Okay, I'm going to read it and tell you what I think about it. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm reading your book as well, Fast Rock to Memoir. Oh, thank you. I hope that you yeah. like it. It's really good. I'm I'm at the chapter five, I think, at this point on on trust and the memory oh. and so on. It's really interesting so far. Well, thank Love you, it. thank you. I I did not pay her to say this, listeners. Oh, um, so. oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely unbiased opinion. <laughs> You're so sweet. Okay, well, you tell us, um, tell us again the name of the, tell us a little bit about the book that's coming out tomorrow. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So uh, it's called The Truth Counters, and it's Star Academy Book Two, so the sequel to The Unsound Theory. Um, basically, um, well, I don't know what I can tell you without spoiling it, uh, but our main characters, our rule breakers, will basically have to handle the consequences of all the rule breaking they did. And it's going to be tough. You know, there are a lot of consequences, some expected, some unexpected of, of all the rule breaking. So they'll kind of have to, you know, lie in the bed that they've made. And uh, yeah, and they'll have to solve some more mysteries because there is always another mystery around the corner, right? Fabulous. And you have a blog on which you interview writers. Tell us about that. Oh, okay. So basically, um, it's a small blog I started in December or November last year because um, I got started writing on Wattpad. I don't think we mentioned that in the beginning. Okay, so when I was a closeted writer, I just wanted to write on Wattpad and put my work out there for free. I never thought I would ever charge any money for it. I was just like, I want to I wanna be able to tell my story to the world. And I met some lovely people there, and a lot of them are actually trying out self-publishing now a couple of years later, like me, when they've, you know, grown and they've written a couple of books and re-edited them and rewritten them and kind of started to see what it's all about. Uh, and I just felt like Wattpad is a really great kind of training wheels for self-publishing because you have to manage an audience, you have to keep them interested, you have to publish regularly, otherwise you fall off people's radar. So I felt like there were a lot of um, kind of global lessons that are transferable between Wattpad and self-publishing. So I just started um, asking a few questions. So I do a monthly interview with a Wattpad author that has then moved into self-publishing. And I just hope to inspire some more people from Wattpad to take themselves seriously, because a lot of them, I think, are really good writers, you know, writers in the making. And aren't we all right? And I love that it, I love that you uh, said it that it's training wheels. I think that's a great, great correlation to make. You really are having to deal with reviews and people who don't like it or people who love it or think it's perfect, all of that. So that's really yeah, cool. Where, you have to... where can we find that blog? Uh, okay, so it's at www.ameliazeeland.com. So that's where you will find all my work in progress, uh, all my news and the blog and just, yeah, everything. And you can subscribe to my list if you want to hear more from me. And fabulous. Those covers. You should just go look at those covers. They are oh. insane. They're so Thank you. Good. <laughs> my cover designer, she's Kim underscore G, I think on on Instagram, and uh, yeah, and, and also on my covers, like in in the contribute contributors mm -hmm. section in my mm -hmm. books, you can find her. She's amazing, and I just yeah, I absolutely love them, like full of color. 
They're beautiful. They're beautiful. Just like you oh, are. It's you. such a treat to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for being my friend and for being so inspiring. I just love the way that you love to write and that you're passionate about it. And it really gets me excited about this whole process too. So thank you for that. It's a gift. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Thank you for gathering writers and just you know, your focus on process. It's just lovely to kind of just listen through the interviews and, and see what everybody's up to and that we are all kind of together with all these challenges that we face. So it just made me feel so great. Thank you so much for being my friend as well. Perfect. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>